Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Parenting Autism. We're your hosts, Sandy and Chris Coulter. How Hi. you doing, baby? Uh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so for those who don't know, this is our seventh mm-hmm. attempt to lead into this episode. And Take it's been seven. quite funny. But anyway, yes. we're going to make through this time, and we just got a lot that we want to share. We haven't been on the air for a few weeks, and we haven't been home for a couple of weeks. We had family visiting from Maryland, which was wonderful. Um, Chris's brothers came down to Florida, and we had some time with them. And then on the heels of that, uh, we were readjusting to life and, you know, you pay, you play kind of thing. And uh, and then Bryce was sick this week. But we're here now, and we wanted to share some stuff. And uh, we're going to talk today about our marriage because I've had some questions coming in that saying, you know, uh, I've had some compliments about our marriage and our relationship and how they observe us with Bryce. And then I've had questions about... You know, how do you guys keep your marriage strong and and how do you do that when you have so much going on with the child on the on the spectrum? So how I do thought, we do we'll talk about <laughs> and there's the million dollar question. <laughs> I don't think it's one easy answer. That's for sure. But I thought maybe we'd even give a little backdrop to our relationship, because I do believe that it does help if you have a strong foundation before autism comes into your world because if it was already a shaky foundation and the relationship already had cracks in it then that could certainly you know cause further damage i could see that yeah and you know i I, I, if there's a positive thing to being divorced twice before right i think it's that we've navigated those waters, we know what was wrong in those relationships, and we know how to do a good relationship now. And um, I, I don't know. I, I agree with that. You know, there's something to that. That's not to tell everybody to go out and get divorced <laughs> twice before you it get married. It is not highly but, recommended, um, but I do think that you know, there's that song that we're singing in church right now, and it talks about what the enemy meant for evil, God takes and uses for good. Mm-hmm. That really resonates with me because I feel like that has always been something I've been sensitive to personally is having gone through relationships that failed. Mm-hmm. That affected me because in my personal life, I've always had great success in my jobs and my career and so many things. But, you know, when it came to marriages, they failed. And, you know, that's just the word of it because that's the reality. It didn't continue now. Was that my fault? Was that their fault? You don't even have to get into all that. It still just feels like a failure. Mm -hmm. And then you start to question yourself. And then, you know, that rolls over into our relationship. And I can't think those kind of thoughts. But I think it's all ha- what you take from a bad situation and you let God turn it for good. And I think I'm just now really starting to see that he can turn this for good because I've always wondered why I had to go through the things I went through, mm-hmm. you know, because in my case, there was abuse and there was there was a lot of bad things that happened. And why did those things happen? And. I tried to learn from those, and um, 
But I then there's a sense of shame that kind of comes with all of that and a sense of insecurity going into a new relationship. And so I can see now that God has taken all of that to prepare me for where I am right now and where he's wanting us to go forward. Because I really feel like he's calling us to not just share about parenting autism, but also to share about our marriage. I, I am yeah. feeling that. And I think um, part of the issue for my prior two attempts was that uh, God was not in the relationship. God God was not even part of the prior marriages. He, And now, now that I know God, he's first and and that makes a big big difference for us it makes a world of difference and um yeah so we met when we were in our mid-30s and we had a mutual friend and at that time i when she kept saying actually i i knew of you and i had met you before but you became quote unquote available mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was quote unquote available so our friend wanted to be matchmaker and said oh you two would be perfect for each other but I was just not in a good place that you were such a nice guy honestly you were such a nice guy and I'm like oh I just don't want to hurt him <laughs> because I felt like I was I her, that was me I felt like such like I didn't have the Midas touch everything didn't turn to gold everything turned to crap yeah. so it was like I didn't want to hurt you I really didn't I knew you had already been through enough um, so I felt like dating me was not a great idea for either of us but I did say that I was in a good place where we could be friends you know like really mm-hmm. good friends and we had made this agreement you help me understand guys I'll help you understand girls mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing and uh, we had gotten the purpose driven life book by Rick Warren and so you would come to my condo uh, um, every Monday night, <laughs> yep. and we would go over a chapter, and we really started to just grow our friendship in that way, which was really cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had done some other things, like you know, we never really quote unquote dated. You know, all our dates were when we were in the friend zone, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But you know, occasionally we go to a show or we go to dinner or something like that. But I feel like when we started getting deeper into life, you know, and talking about life, that's where we started to bond. And, um, and then that was 2004 was the year that the hurricanes came through our area, like back to back. And at that time I had sold my house and I was living over on the Island. And, um, I just remember you helping me. And I thought, I looked at you in kind of a different light. Like I saw your heart and you I knew before you had such a good heart, which is why I didn't want to hurt it. But at that point, I was like, you know what? I, I could not find somebody better for me than this man right here. So why am I so resisting? But the bad news was I had convinced you that, you know, you, you were good by yourself. <laughs> because you needed that. You did. because I Single is better than married. Single was better <laughs> because I didn't want you to feel what I was teaching you was what I had learned. You know, you can't just, you just can lean on God and yourself, you know, and not another person. That's what we were learning. Mm -hmm. So then you were like, (laughs) "Uh, I don't think I'm ready for this, you know. So I was like, okay, that's okay. You're about three or four months behind me. So you'll be ready in about three or four months. But it was, it was really neat how all that worked. So I, I 
sharing this because I feel like that's an important part of our story was building a solid foundation. It wasn't built on me seeing you across the room and saying, oh, wow, he's hot. And not that you're not hot because you are. (laughs) But, you know, it wasn't like one of those things where it was all chemistry. Right. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're all heated up somewhere. That did not happen with us. It was forming a a really strong foundation of friendship and, um, and even really kind of centered around the Lord because that's when you became a Christian during Mm -hmm. that time. So, you know, it was pretty neat and it was a slow process. Um, but then once we knew, we knew and we got married and we had so much fun, um, traveling and I got, you know, the travel bug was great. We went to a lot of different places I know I'm talking a lot here. You can chime in anytime. Well, I'm, I'm thinking when you said that, that we traveled a lot, and that that was a lot of fun when we were in that phase, and we weren't thinking about kids. I don't even think we were thinking about having kids. Nope. Like, we were good with no kids. I think we had a, a very minor discussion and said, how do you feel about it? And I said, I really don't. I didn't personally want to take birth control, and you didn't want to have any snippy snip snip so right. we said whatever will be will be that's mm-hmm. how we left it yeah i mean i had already been barren for so many years it was really not a concern yeah so when bryce came along obviously the that whole dynamic changed um and the travel slowed way down um <laughs> and you know we kind of got busy with life and and raising a kiddo yeah i mean i think <clears throat> When you have a child, it's going to affect your marriage anyway. And you would hope that it would bring you closer together um, because you've Mm -hmm. created this beautiful life together. But sometimes, especially if you've had a close relationship before the children, um, you can feel like you're losing your spouse a little bit if if one or the other gets too wrapped up in being the parent and forgetting to nurture you know, who helped make you a parent, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I definitely can see how that happens. Um, But I don't think that really happened with us. We actually, we drew really closer and it's probably just because of Bryce's story and situation with, you know, him having so many health issues from the beginning with his stroke and everything. But, um, you know, how did autism specifically shift the dynamic in our marriage? I think it has. Uh, I think it was something that wasn't like obvious and within a day or so. I think it was something that was like a slow fade that just kind of gradually changed. You know, and I know we shared an episode about um, your depression, Mm -hmm. which definitely affected our marriage. And, you know, I've heard enough other people share their stories that there's usually one, if not two, parents that experience depression when they get the diagnosis of their child going through autism. It's hard. It's, you know, it's not an easy diagnosis to receive. Being sad all the time was not fun. No, Um, no. And being around sadness and trying to keep things positive is also not fun. So, you know, that's why we recognize that. And so the great news was that we were both, on the same page at this time last year, recognizing that, you know, it's just not the same between us. I'm not saying it's bad because it wasn't. You and I are not the type that yell at each other. We don't 
raise our voices. There's, we don't throw things. We definitely don't throw <laughs> things. In fact, if anything, we probably internalize a little more. And that can be equally dangerous because if you're not sharing that you have problems, then that can just all kind of, you know, be more like a volcano. And one day it just erupts and you had no idea that there was even an issue. Yeah, the communication uh, thing is huge. So you have to find time to be alone where you can talk and, you know, talk about serious things, talk about fun things, talk about everything. You know, it's. I think communication is probably the number one, um, you know, besides having God in the relationship, but communication between you and God and then communication between each, each other. other. Um, those are two main things. If you don't have those, you know, in our case, it, it, I, it just I agree. would not be good. You know, and we talk about communication and I'm talking about how you communicate, not just verbally. But even your body language and things like that. I mean, we had something that the other day. Um, oh, I remember real specifically. We were um, at the condo with your family, and Bryce wanted to go down to the hot tub with us. And so he wanted to come, and I'm like, no, you can't go, buddy. You can stay up here. And I think you told him. I forget what you told him. But anyway, it all it all cleared up real quickly, but I could see that you were upset. And so then when we got to the elevator, I said, you know, I, uh, he's fine. You know, I we told him he had to be 18 or something to do. Yeah, it, and he accepted that. And, and yeah. you said, well, I didn't say anything. And I'm like, well, you verbally didn't say anything. But your body language totally told me that you were upset. And then it came out some things that you were upset about. And then we were able to discuss it. And then we put it aside. But that's what I'm talking about right there. If you're going to have a good successful marriage I was proud of myself for not just ignoring that you know and I called it out in a nice way I don't think it was about Bryce though no you you had something else but your body yeah. language was telling me that you were upset you know we know the details of that is not important right what's important is I knew you're upset you were saying I didn't say anything because in your mind as long as you didn't verbally say something it was okay, but it wasn't because you, the way you were behaving and acting was like I knew you were upset. Right you know in my mind, mean? it's like at that if you're upset, sometimes it's better not to say anything at the moment. You know. True, true, and I'm a big believer in not just shooting off the mouth too. But I guess what I'm really trying to make the point here is that. It's going to help our marriage and for other people who are listening and wondering how you got to go into the deeper layer sometime. Mm-hmm. Now, pick your timing. If some, if I felt you were really hot, you know what I mean? Like really upset, I wouldn't provoke mm-hmm. because you can't do that. But if it's nothing really serious is going on, it's like just if there's something going on, tell me because that wasn't that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it, but so I'm trying to just say you might not be saying things with your mouth. But if you're saying things with your expressions or with your body language, you're still communicating to your spouse. And I think people don't realize those are that's also communication, which ironically in this world of autism should. Okay, yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of times when guys get upset, they like to go into the man cave, you know, like don't talk to me. And 
I think as a guy, we need that space and time to think it through ourselves before we talk about it or if we want to talk about it. So then, you know, then the woman or, you know, spouse can ask about it and then we might be ready to talk about it later type things. So, I mean, you, you had good timing with that when, when you talked to me about it, but, but sometimes guys, we just uh, internalize it, like you said, so that we can think about what happened and how do we prevent that from happening next time and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that's great insight because, you know, every person processes information differently and you have to know your spouse well enough to know how they process information and then you have to give that respect you know and generally with relationships that we've learned is women want to feel loved men want to feel respected seems Mm -hmm. to be an internal wiring would you agree with that yeah and you know i'll go one step further is you know going out to dinner where you're by yourselves or doing an activity, a fun activity by yourselves, going to a movie or, I don't know, go ride go-karts or something. Uh, those are great opportunities to bring things up that might be bothering you or that you've seen the other person, you know, upset but not say anything. Because those are out of the house, you know, you're in, I don't want to say neutral territory, but... You're just together alone somewhere else other than the house, other than with your kids. And it's, I think it's better. I feel to, it's easier to talk. Yeah, it's easier to talk without interruption. Yeah. Because when you're having a serious discussion and you're interrupted by one of your kids, it could be really at a bad point in the discussion. And it, it may even make things worse. And then you're That's then you get point. mad at your kid, or or you leave it hanging, and then you're misunderstanding something because someone didn't get to finish their exactly. thought, and yeah. then you overthink it, and yeah, I, I that's a really good point. Of course, you don't want to. Sometimes, like if you rarely get to go out, then the last thing you want to do is cause waves when you go, <laughs> when you finally get to go out and do something fun. Yeah, but, but I you can't you have, have as, you can't have as much fun if you still have that right. on your mind. And that's so, a really good point yeah. because you know, you can't just mask it and keep burying whatever it is. So, I think that's where this year, 2019, we've done a lot of peeling the onion, you know, so to speak, and we've really gone into deeper layers of like what you were thinking and what I was thinking and, and being able to help our communication um, and keeping us on the same page. And I do feel like our marriage has become stronger this year. Uh, I also feel that as strange as it is, um, you know, that autism has even helped us become stronger because it's kind of, I don't know, we've just, we've unified our, our lives to make the best life for Bryce mm-hmm. and it's it makes us stronger that way you know what I mean it's like team culture all the way and we are here for Bryce and getting on the same page as to what is best for Bryce now that's a whole other challenge in marriage sure that and for parenting is you know you may want you're thinking one thing I'm thinking another thing thank 
thankfully, you and I are, have pretty similar ideas. And we're able to compromise. Compromise is huge, yes. you know. So, I mean, if it's don't make a mountain out of a molehill. If it's something simple that the other person wants to try or, mm -hmm. you know, it's temporary, you know, you go along with it and see what happens. You never know. I, I, I think that is so wise and it's very true. And we've definitely had those situations. In fact, we're kind of in the midst of one right now where we're discussing with his supplements mm -hmm. and, you know, which direction do we go? I want I was, don't know. I was looking at a different way to maybe go but you know it's we just got to kind of get on the same page but right being open to the other's ideas and not just shutting them down right that's what we're talking I, about know, with the respect and the love don't just shut your partner down right yeah and let's just say the supplement for example you're looking at one that's kind of like an all-in-one supplement and my take is, is okay well we're we're he's getting everything that he needs now why go to an all-in-one when my engineer critical <laughs> mind says that okay we're getting the purest form of vitamin c uh and vitamin d and fish oil all separately you know and we know they're from good companies and we're just giving them to Bryce each individually, you know, mixed in his juice or whatever, as opposed to all in one supplement, um, which has different amounts of different things in it, uh, as a twice a day deal. So, mm -hmm. and, and that's what we're looking at. So that my argument was, you know, we've already got this down, you know, we've found the companies that, that, uh, do our supplements and, we're comfortable and then sandy heard about an all-in-one and she wants to try it and you know i i'm okay you know why not try it you know it's it's maybe it's a 30 or 60 day deal right it's it's worth trying well I, and i and my thoughts behind it was you know i've known about it for a while but then i was really thinking of you which you said it's not a big deal but i thought boy it, it would be easier if it was just as effective to just have one instead of six, you know, different mm -hmm. things. And cost also factors in there because it's something we pay for out of pocket. Mm -hmm. So if it was just as effective and it was easier, remember our word we've already claimed for 2020? Simplify. Simplify. That would fall under the category of simplify if it is effective. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's a not to hurt him, um, but... I appreciate that we're trying to look out for each other because really I was looking out for you as much as it was for Bryce, you know, to just try to simplify because mm -hmm. that's it. So, yeah, I feel like that's where it's a good example of our marriage and our relationship is where we can bring these things to each other and nothing blows out of proportion right it's not questioning anything you've done because I so appreciate all the research and all you've done. Listen, I, if if you brought up something like that and I blew a cork on it, mm -hmm. then there's something else underlying in the relationship right. that is causing that. Right. So you shouldn't be spouting off every time somebody has a suggestion or, you know, wants to do something. So that that's an indicator of another different true. underlying problem. So, so true. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the communication is definitely 
something that has helped us. And I think we've, like I was saying this year, we've really honed in on communicating better and more effectively. And if I feel like we're not, you know, and I'm glad that you said this again today about the man cave thing, because I know there's truth to that. And I forget that sometimes. And I don't have a man cave. Well, you don't have a physical one in our house, but somewhere in your brain. <laughs> I retreat to this Bless one part heart. of my brain. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. You don't have the designated room. No safe space. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Maybe but that's I, what I, they should rename the man caves. A safe, safe space. space for men. That's it. <laughs> a manly space. Oh, my goodness. Oh, but oh. I do need that reminder because, you know, I have to remember sometimes you just need you that, have to process that it. space and to Guys, process that and you know women they process things with their lips they they talk that's it out that's true i talk you know, it out you, you have it's it's, it's in all kind of but studies that yes. women have more words than men each day there's like y'all speak like four times the amount that guys do and you know Guys think about things and women talk about them. So that's that's true. That's pretty much. Men are headlines. Women yeah, men provide are, all the details. Yes, men are headlines and, and women are the newspaper. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's it. So, yeah. And, you know, and I think keeping that fresh in your mind is a good thing because I also find that observing, you know, if there's a a, a disagreement between couples or even if I feel it, it's because expectations aren't met. So if you're expecting something from your partner or your spouse that's not even them, you know, or that isn't the reality, then you're going to be disappointed and upset because they're not doing things the way you want them done. They're not communicating the way you want. They're not, you know, helping your child the way you want or what you think is best. But you have to, again, respect each other's opinions. Yeah, and if you don't, if you just think those thoughts and not communicate them, that just makes it even worse. Yeah. Or know? if, you know, I've seen this a lot. Where, okay. So we do photography um, for families. And so we will have a slideshow going on. And the wife, this is normally how it goes down. The wife will say to the <laughs> husband, well, which one do you like? <laughs> I don't care. You can choose it. No, I want you to choose it. Which one, which one do you like best? Do you like this one or that one? And he doesn't want to say it. No, you you choose. It's yeah. all about you. The no, wife has already decided she, the one well, that she likes. Yeah, and she'll say, but which one do you want? And he'll say, okay, I really like that one. Do you? Huh. No, I think I want the other one. Now, she just totally set him up to knock him down. Right. And they don't even realize they're doing it while Chris and I are, like, trying to, like, be marriage counselors. It's okay. We love what you love about, you know. Yeah. But I have seen that more than once, and it happens. I don't think they do it on purpose. No, not at all. The wife or woman knows. She really wants him involved. Yes. And but she wants him to affirm what she wants. God bless him if he picks the correct picture. Yes. Because he's he's a winner. Uh but <laughs> if he picks the wrong shot. one then then you know he, it, it, it really happens. He'll get it, a small one for his office that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> that does usually happen. It won't happen. be the big one on the wall. No, he gets the little five by seven. <laughs> but I think she's probably wanting him to say the one that she already has her mind on. Right. So well, that's that it. he's affirming it. Mm-hmm. And then when he doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't usually say no. You know, it's usually like, really? And then he's like, will you ask me my opinion? You know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that is a great example of 
how relationships can be. You ask their opinion, but then you shoot it down, you know, and you can't just do that. You have to, if you don't, if you really don't want their opinion, then don't ask it. You know, and I'm probably speaking for most guys is that, you know, we, we let a lot of things slide because we don't want to um, cause a scene or an argument, you know? So, like a small thing, like what's your favorite picture? Go ahead, hon. You yeah. pick it out because <laughs> that's not worth going down the rabbit hole for, you know? So, and, you know, I guess what the wife could say is, honey, which one do you like of number three and number four? I like number three because, um, you know, I don't have my double chin in that one or my hair looks My better. hair looks great. Tell yeah. me which one you like. And, you know, I suppose most guys would probably be like, well, I like that same one, hon. You look beautiful. Yeah. That would be the wise thing to or, say. Or, you know, if you want to be truthful, then the guy could say, well, I like number four because uh, little Joey is smiling really big in that one and it's perfect. And then Sandy will say, oh, well, what I can do is take Joey's smile from number four and put it on number three and then everything will be all fine. Because <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it does like, save okay, marriages. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> so they're paying for marriage therapy, not just photographs. <laughs> I know, right? It's funny. But anyway, that's a little sidetrack. But no, but I think it is really a valid point, like how men and women think and process things. And if you're going to have a strong relationship, you just have to learn how to communicate and not to set your spouse up to unintentionally be hurt, you know, right. like that sort of thing. And so then, you know, you throw autism into this mm-hmm. and making decisions that the average parent doesn't have to make, that can add stress in a whole other way. Because this world is constantly, this world being the autism journey, it's constantly full of new decisions to be made. Let me let me just back up yeah. one second before we get into the autism thing. Yeah. One thing that I noticed, and I highly recommend, if your church has a marriage class or whatever, just join it. Yep. If it's if anything else, you get to spend more time together. So just just think about that for a minute. But when we did reengage at church, I would say eight out of ten times the couples that showed up. The ones that didn't think they were the problem ended up being the problem person in the The relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were like, wow, because the information was presented to them in a way where they could realize that, yes, they were blaming their spouse for their issues, you know, and and we were able to shed light on issues that we didn't even know that we had type of thing, you know, and and it really helped the couples that went through the that journey with us. And so don't don't think that that type of class can't help you because um, it will open your eyes to, to things in the relationship that you didn't even recognize. And I just wanted to say No, that. I, th- I think that's great. And I'll just make one more point on that, and then we'll go to the autism part of it. But they had a hula hoop that they put on the table in the very beginning for a visual. And they kept saying, you know, as you're going through this and as topics come up, stay inside the circle. Don't look outside the circle. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at other people because it's very easy 
to deflect blame. Just look mm-hmm. at yourself and how does this apply to you? And I've had that come with us. You know, if I'm getting upset about something, I will be like, ooh, let me hop back in that circle. And what am, what can I do differently? Mm-hmm. You know, what? how can I change um, instead of trying to change your mind or saying something about you? Well, well how can I change? Mm-hmm. And I think that was really, really one of the best lessons that I took from that that I can apply to my life every day and remember you know how can i do something different because i do like that mantra control what you can control because you can't control other people and you can't control what they're going to do and when you try to all you're doing is setting yourself up for potential frustration and and Mm -hmm. damage um but you can control what you do and you can control how you speak you know and i know my tone comes out in ways i don't want it to come out you know and that's something i'm going to keep working on and just have that awareness because I don't ever want to come out with a harsh tone or a you know I just I want I want my words to come out in a loving way and I'm Mm -hmm. not talking like you know gushy I'm just talking about with respect and with caring Mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing so yeah, it's it's really good, you know. Always looking at ourselves and not just always looking at the other was a really good lesson for me. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. And then I was gonna say, you know, and then you bring this into the autism, all decisions that we have to make. It can definitely test your relationship because getting in agreement on decisions to be made um, and what you're going to do and you know we've talked about that kind of stuff i'd go as far as to say that autism would probably magnify any issues that you have going on in your relationship absolutely so if you've got pre-existing conditions uh, yeah and that's what know, i was saying at the yeah. very beginning if you don't have a good foundation and then you go into this world if you already mm-hmm. got cracks that's it's not good but that's not to say that there's not hope because there's always hope but you you have to get help mm-hmm. and there's no shame in getting help. And, um, you know, we had the resource through our church, which was wonderful. So and I know our church invited couples that didn't even attend our church. So, you oh, know, yeah. wherever you're at, you can just look and see if there's anything remotely in your area or there's marriage conferences that you can go to. And, you know, I, I think asking for help. I know there's psychiatrists or marriage counselors or other people that may be helpful too. We have found that a Bible-based one has been, mm-hmm. and it was very Bible-based, and it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to argue with the Bible. I think I nudged you to to take it with me. Actually, you sent me the email, and I saw it the same day because I got the email, and I okay. was going to ask you, but you sent oh, it to okay. me first, which was great yeah. because having us both wanting to do it made it 100% easier. And, and going into it, you know, we're like, well, what are we going to get out of this? Maybe we'll get a couple of things out of it because right. we got a great marriage. Yeah. And, you know, we we do have a good marriage, and but we took more out of it than we thought we would. And we did. Some people were on the brink of divorce, yeah. and it brought their marriage back to life. And yeah. that was... And we got to witness it that, was, which it was is really cool. neat to see, yeah. Yeah. In fact... I'm probably going to go ahead and say it, but we've been asked to be leaders going into this next year. (laughs) And uh, I do feel like that's where I was saying earlier in this podcast that what the enemy meant for evil, God can use for good. I never in a million years thought that God would be able to use me to help couples with marriages because I felt like 
obviously that was not my strength, Mm -hmm. you know, although he's helping me see that, no, I did a lot of right things and Mm -hmm. and he used this to help me to get to you. And your personal experiences will help others. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really coming full circle for me, which, um, it's kind of pretty fresh. So I have a little choke in my throat, but it's, (laughs) it's good. It's good. God is, God's moving in our house and in our, in our family and doing good things. Um, so I think the other thing that I was just going to share on this too, is just kind of give you encouragement with all relationships. Um, and obviously, you know, with your spouse and, and the parent of your child, um, we had a, an example that was given to us at church that was a really good visual, but it was talking about uh, a, a glass, and a glass is full of air. And he, he There's took only a, one way to get air out yeah, of the glass. Yeah, and that's pouring water into it. And you could pour it halfway up, and yes, you got rid of half of the air, but there's still a lot of air that could potentially cause problems. Yeah. Um, so in the glass, the the water represented the Holy Spirit. So yeah, but the, I'm, the thing was, you know, go ahead. Nope, go ahead, babe. Uh, it was obviously but, you want to go on this. Well, but I mean, let's say go. what it is. What it is. I know. I was taking a different angle. Go. Well, uh, go, go, you go. know, so you want you don't want any air, which represented issues or potential issues in your life. You don't want that in your self you want to fill yourself all the way up with the full holy spirit to the top overflowing so that there's no room for the enemy to come in okay uh, so what i want to thank you so yes that's what was presented to us and then i saw it in a different way that could apply to a marriage relationship because i feel like when we get you know your cup is full when you first get married Mm-hmm. All to the top, and you're on your honeymoon, and you're overflowing with joy. At least it should be that way, especially in the beginning. Yeah. But then life happens, and then water starts to come out of your your full glass, and mm-hmm. other things start to fill your glass, whether it be air, whatever be whatever. I think that that's what happens. But you have to work on that relationship to fill yourselves back up together. You have to rebuild that because. Life is going to happen, and water is going to splash out of your glass. And autism will come and almost break your glass because Mm -hmm. it's such a hard, it's just a hard blow, a hard thing to deal with when it comes. And I will tell you that Bryce was diagnosed two and a half years ago. I'm losing my time. Three and a half years ago. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. So it's been three and a half years now. And I really thought I had dealt with that. I did. And when he started kindergarten and then the regular kindergarten didn't work out, he turned six. You know, my eyes were just clearly open to he's not where I thought he would be at age six after early intervention. It knocked a lot of water out of my glass. Let's talk about that because I think there's – there's two so far we've been faced with two major stages of autism first is obviously when you get the diagnosis that will hit you like a tidal wave and you're lost Uh, i think the second blow is when you realize your child isn't keeping up with other kids 
and they're getting older and obviously it's it's more obvious now that they're older and they're still like on the three-year-old level and now you start to think oh my goodness uh, what's this going to be like when they're a teenager what's it going to be like when they're an adult are they going to be able to take care of themselves so you have this rush of all of these what ifs what is it going to be like um and you realize now that that you're faced with another i don't want to call it a problem but an issue where they're not keeping up it's a definite concern it is and i think it has been hard and i didn't realize i guess what i didn't i hadn't experienced it so i didn't realize is that we're going to go through different milestones that uh, milestones? I, I don't know what the word is, but times on this timeline that will experience grief again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just one time, and and that's okay. You know, I I just think that maybe because three and a half years ago I had so much hope that by age six, you know, he would be on that recovery path that you hear about and that he would be streamlined and you know he would just be extremely intelligent and he is but you know what i mean more like the asperger style um mm-hmm. that you know he's can master school and all that just some behaviors but it's it's different it's different than what i thought it would be and you talk about expectations and setting them setting yourself up for disappointment i guess i did but not intentionally um, and it did knock a lot of water out of my glass. And I have, and so then I'm feeling sadness. And of course, I don't want to be sad around you because I don't want to make <laughs> you sad. Um, but it has been, it has been a rough go the past several weeks. But I can see God really just filling my glass back up with different things. You know, with us, we've been able to have some dates. And I, and the first few were, quite frankly, we're awkward. Like, we didn't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. I know. Isn't that sad? But it's so true. We hadn't had any time together. Like, here we have a four-hour window, and you just want to go home because, like, you don't know yeah. what else to do, what else we're going to talk about. I'm like, we have got to figure out how to date again. <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> you know? And it has taken uh, several weeks. And yeah. But we're starting. We went out. Um, last night and the night before, we were blessed to have two nights that could, you know, go out and do that. And it felt so much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so happy about that. Like, I can feel my glass filling back up. And that's what I really wanted to just give that visual and that analogy because you are going to feel empty at times, but you have to find things and you have to intentionally fill yourself back up. You know, yeah. mine is a glass of joy. You know, I want my glass to be filled to the brim. I'm a very optimistic person. And, you know, and pessimism can come and knock water out of joy out of my glass. Mm, I don't like that. And I can't be around people that are constantly knocking joy out of my glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a problem with that. And yeah. I don't want to surround my people. Yourself. Surround my people. <laughs> surround myself with people that that do that. I also understand you have to be realistic so i can't surround myself with people that are constantly telling me oh he's going to be just fine as if you know he's going to be completely healed and that may not happen because i don't Mm want to have that disappointment so you kind of have to find that that happy medium of um who to surround yourself with for us it's surrounding ourselves with people with good marriages 
Yes, uh, people that's important. That, people that know the Lord. Um, some do, some don't, and that's right. okay too. But yeah, that, that's those are two big ones for us. Yeah, and you know this, I, I, the stage of Bryce not keeping up. I think this time around has probably affected you more than me, and I I can't say why that is, but I'm just optimistic with Bryce because I see his. And I know you are too. Sure. Not to say that you aren't. I know. But I know. I'm more focused on his progress, and fortunately, he is still making progress and and doing new things every week. And that that fills my heart when I see those types of things. And you know, we're we're just different. Some things affect you more than they affect me, and vice versa. I know, and I, and I think it's important, you know, saying that is. When it really affected you and you went through your sad time, I had to be there for you and support you and help bring you out of that. Well, I feel like I need you there to help me through this patch because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I need that right now. Yeah. And, and it's it's filling back up, you mm-hmm. know, but it's still definitely, I just have more awareness. I don't know how to explain it. Like yesterday, we um, went to that event at the church mm-hmm. and... So for Bryce to go, it's okay. Okay, I hear him calling for me. Yeah, go ahead. So we'll take a break. Okay, we're back. Uh, Bryce was stuck on the potty. So uh, he's potty trained, fortunately, but he still needs help wiping. So I'm I'm chief wiper. (laughs) Yes, you are. Um, Yeah, you won't let me do it unless Chris isn't in the house. But anyway, um, I was just going to just say that yesterday when we were at church, Bryce was really insistent on staying in the classroom he was familiar with, and they had the three-year-olds in there. And Bryce isn't only six. He's uh, exceptionally tall for his age, so he looks like he's seven, you know, or older. Uh, And, you know, I'm just watching him go in there, and he's there with all the three-year-olds, but he was happy. He was. He had a big smile on his face. He was jumping up and down. It was familiar to him. The lady that came over to stay with him, she, you know, she was familiar to him. Um, he was not going to go in the other room. And the other room even had a trampoline, and we thought he would like that. But he's just so compartmentalized in his brain that this is what I know. This is where I want to be. I didn't feel sad yesterday. So I want to point that out. That's probably that before a couple weeks ago would have just like made me want to just burst into tears. No, I actually felt a little bit of happiness that, you know what, he's okay. He's happy. He is Mm -hmm. happy. It doesn't hurt anybody. He's not aggressive at all. So he's fine with those three-year-olds. And like you said, maybe he's just more comfortable with them. And maybe he is because they're probably more on his level. They don't notice anything different about him. Well, plus if he was in with the six-year-olds, they'd be asking him questions that he wouldn't know the answers to. And then they would sense that So that would probably be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. So that's maybe just, that's a good thing that I didn't feel sad. I felt at peace. Yeah. In fact, I was. I'm like, he's going to be fine in there. And at this point, we know how far we can push him before there's trouble you know and or redirect or put an incentive out there we know the limits and we knew that we weren't going to be able to do that at church on that day wouldn't be worth it right and i feel like i saw him there looking like you know 
the jolly green giant (laughs) smaller kids but i was okay and i think maybe that's a good sign that maybe i'm i'm into the zone of acceptance through this grief period because it really didn't make me sad i i almost feel like god let me recognize that it's okay and i'm accepting this and he's going to be fine and there may be times where visually it looks like he's out of place but emotionally and mentally he's where he's supposed to be and if he's happy why should i care he's Mm -hmm. happy he's safe and he had a great time you know so i i just want to put words of encouragement to the parents out there who are on this journey that you know you too will get to that point of acceptance if you're not because i think we always need to have hope and i don't see bryce regressing which is wonderful. He just isn't progressing maybe at the speed that we thought he may because of all the things we did. I think we f- I felt like we went down a checklist of what you're supposed to do and we checked everything off that we, that we were aware of. So mm-hmm. you hope for these best results. But the reality is Bryce is Bryce and right. God's created Bryce to be Bryce. And we're not here to change him. We're right. just here to help him. And then you you just said it. God created him. God has a plan for his life and for our lives with him. Right. You know? So we have to go along with his plan. Right. And if he wants to change him, or then it, he will. Yeah. It's know? about just helping him. Helping him become to his fullest potential. And I do hear that a lot, you know. And I think that's what every parent wants for every child. It's just Bryce's... He's just going to, it's not college and driving that I'm looking at. I'm just looking at getting him to be able to, as you said, wipe his own hiney. Yeah. (laughs) Life skills, um, social, communicate, make friends. We're doing the best that we can, the best that we know how. Yeah. And we will not look back later regretting that we didn't. Right. Because we checked everything off the list. So I, I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Um, you know, but I, I, if anybody has, we're not marriage experts by any shakes, but we're always here to be there for you. And if you need prayer for anything, or you feel like you need prayer for your marriage or for your spouse, um, for your child, we're here for you. Or any questions that we can help you with. Any questions as well. Um, I just wanted, felt led to put that out there because, you know, I think that's what sometimes people need and they, they feel alone. Mm-hmm. And um, just know that you've got someone here who's willing to lift you up during this time. And yeah, I think most people are reaching out through like uh, Facebook and Instagram. And we've had a couple through email. So um, parentingautism at att.net is the email. And uh, would you probably put those other links in the I do. And if you put in Parenting Autism on Instagram or Facebook, you'll find us that way as well. Okay. Well, honey, thanks for sitting and chatting with me today. I'm very, very happy and blessed to be married to you. Seriously. Uh, We've even had our wedding anniversary since we've done the last podcast. Yeah, I know. So So much has happened. Happy anniversary. 14 (laughs) years and counting. And um I, I wouldn't want to do life with anybody else. Amen. I wouldn't either. So okay. we're good. We're good. All okay. Right, peace out. Till next time. See ya.